Welcome back to the Comics Course. This is an offering of Miskatonic University's remote education program offering graphical literature and society and history, which is Lit 209 as a publicly available podcast. I am here with my ever mic-slapping TA, Rowan. Say hello, Rowan. Hello. Uh, we have another off-main episode today, you know, because... On Mondays, we release an ongoing series for deeper analysis, and then we do one-off topics on Thursday. Uh, but before we get to that, we have our ongoing root beer tasting. Now, last time we did a beta and IBC. This time we have two new ones. We have previously done A&W, but this time is A&W sugar-free. Now, I'm a little scared. I'll be honest. I like A&W root beer just fine, and I like A&W cream soda just fine. I tried the A&W sugar-free cream soda, and it was an abomination against all that's good in the world. Yeah, I re- I, I, we did not finish that bottle. No, I poured it out. So, I'm a little afraid, but with fear comes experience. <laughs> Let's see what this experience <laughs> is. Um... I think we have our first two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. Wow. It's not as bad as the cream soda one. No. But um, it's still not good. A&W, I love your brand. I, I actually have a high degree of fondness for your root beer. But that is the limp dick of sugar-free sodas. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's not working for me. All right, let me rinse my mouth out with water. I think I finished mine. Our next one is a generic. It is a store brand. And I should note, both of these are coming from plastic bottles. This is from the chain grocery store Publix. Mm, Not bad. I think it's pretty good. It has a nice full body to it. The molasses is on the weak side, but you get a good sassafras flavor. Mm-hmm. It is, um, I'm pretty sure, hold on, let me check the bottle, but I'm pretty sure it's a high fructose corn syrup. I think I can taste that. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, it is. Um, honestly, if this had actual sugar in it, I think this would be a four. Yeah, same. I think it's a high three, though. It's a high three. And I'm almost tempted to make it a four anyway, because it's like less than a buck for a whole two liter. But we didn't bring the price for the others. Oh, that's true. We did not factor price in. So it's a, so it's my strongest recommended of the three so far. Mm-hmm. The A&W, no, I I, I would love a really good sugar-free root beer, but that one's not doing it. I just don't think you can do good sugar-free root beer. It well, needs that balance. It, well, it needs a sweetener, mm-hmm. but it's just not working here. It's just not. Which is a shame. Anyway, let's talk about Gotham, the gayest city in comics. Mm-hmm. You, you laugh as I say that. Why are you laughing? No, it, it, I just it's a phrase I never thought I would hear someone say <laughs> Now, I I know people out there are going to be nitpickers because it's humanity. And I know somebody out there say, 
But Professor Hamby, back in Dark Rain, November 732, they introduced the Golden Triangle Dimension. Okay, okay, okay. There's probably a gayer city in comics. Uh, the gayest city in comics that people have fucking heard of. How's that? Uh, Professor Hamby, I'd like to point out that uh, Themyscria is all a bunch of dykes and, um, well, uh, actually a lot of them are very femme, nerd boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, dykes tend to be more butchish, yeah. I think, uh, as a descriptor. Um, but Themyscria is an island, not a city. And to my knowledge, I don't know if they've ever named the city on it, uh, which might very well be Themyscria also. But we're still going with Gotham as the gayest city in comics. And this is a silly episode. And I, I debated doing a silly episode, um, but I had this discussion with somebody online a while back. And in fact, I originally envisioned this as an episode to bring them on, uh, but I'm still trying to work out details about how that would work. Uh, although my podcasting platform does have some tools for it, I need to read up on it and all that. But it's Pride Month, and I'm doing episodes for Pride Month and I thought to myself, part of pride is celebrating and having fun. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I am going to talk about actual stuff in the world of DC comics related to the Bat family of characters that, you know, are the uh, center of Gotham stories. Uh, but, but I'm not going to be very serious about this for the most part. Um, or uh, There will be some seriousness, but there will be a lot of silliness as well. So, let's get a couple of things out of the way. First of all, when you talk about Batman and the topic of gayness, Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent is going to come up a bunch. He accused the existence of sidekicks like Robin with Batman as being symbolic of Batman being a homosexual pedophile. Uh, which is kind of ironic to me. Because, uh, uh, in reality, the introduction of Robin was kind of a wish fulfillment for kids who were missing their fathers. This was, you know, uh, uh, in a time period where a lot of fathers were absent. In post-World War II, especially. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to make him sort of a family figure. And instead, they go all, you know, like, weird East Village, you know, association on this. Which I think says more about him if that was his first thought. Well, a lot of America responded to it with, we knew it. So I think it says something about all of America. True. True. Uh, the, the fact is, Batman has never been represented as gay. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to believe that he's ever been intended to be gay. I doubt DC in my lifetime will ever try to represent that. He's too much of a cornerstone character. Uh, however, I think he could be gay. I think he could be bi. Um, I don't think his sexuality is, in, is central to his character at all. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just in my mind not. Uh, but the other big elephant to get out of the room is the two characters that are legendary for being gay and have become icons outside the comic book world, mm -hmm. which are Dr. Harleen Quinzel and Dr. Pamela mm -hmm. Ivy. Both doctorates. One a doctorate mm -hmm. in botany and one a doctorate in uh, psychiatry. Let's remember, if you're smart, be a lesbian. There you go. <laughs> if you're smart, be a lesbian. 
Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, these are interesting characters. They were both introduced as out-and-out villains. Uh, Pamela Ivy, uh, a.k.a. Poison Ivy, was introduced in 1966... She was introduced as a femme fatale that romanced both Robin and Batman and was basically a man-eater. She seduced men and stole their money and that kind of thing. She has, in recent years, been sort of rebooted as a semi-eco-terrorist slash anti-heroine, who, although perhaps still insane... Uh, and part of that rework happened on the part of a writer named Neil Gaiman. Hey. Now, Neil Gaiman is well known to uh, comic book readers as the writer of Sandman. Mm-hmm. But when he first started in comics, his first uh, uh, kind of big work that he was given by Karen Berger was kind of rebooting the character of Black Orchid from the 1960s. Uh, a character that I have a lot of fondness for. Mm-hmm. And he did and integrated her into the history, in a way, of the Swamp Thing. Although the Swamp Thing only appeared very briefly in the story. The Swamp Thing, written by his buddy who helped bring him into comics, Alan Moore, author of From Hell. It's a a small world, folks. You know, the more and more we get into comics, the more and more I hear Alan Moore's name. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's... He's everywhere. He hasn't written as much as some others, but what he's done has been influential, including who he's introduced into the comics world. <laughs> um, and, and the way she got introduced was to introduce this idea that there was this whole cast of sort of plant-themed villains uh, who all had ties to the origin of the Swamp Thing and were all connected to this elemental force of the green. And so she became the sort of anti-hero. And this was helped along, I think, by her relationship to Harley Quinn. Now, Dr. Harleen Quinzel became Harley Quinn. She was first introduced in the Paul Denny uh, cartoon that was done with Bruce Timm back in the 90s. She was introduced in 92, I think. And then a few years later got introduced into the comics some people are surprised by that, that she was a cartoon character before a comic character. But that's Yeah, true. I, I assumed, I knew she wasn't a big comic book character before her appearance in the TV show, but I did. I thought she was like maybe a small character in one of the comic books that they brought in for that. Nope, not I didn't know she was originally from the cartoon. Yep, and she was introduced essentially as comic relief to be the silly, fun sidekick for the Joker. Mm-hmm. And... She was the breakout star of that, and people loved her. So she got introduced to the comics. She got certainly some darker representations in the comics and evolved repeatedly until uh, her popularity resulted in her, in many ways, being maybe not the central character of the first Suicide Squad movie, but certainly one of the core characters. And people loved Margot Robbie's representation. Mm -hmm. Now, back in the cartoon world, as well as comics... There has been back and forth. Uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy were famously a nudge-nudge-wink-wink couple. You know, they were obviously a couple in the comics for a long time, but they never actually said we're girlfriends. Mm -hmm. They weren't actually shown kissing. And then eventually they were. And then DC tried... On Valentine's Day of all fucking days to erase them. 
as a gay couple, which went over to uh, 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 paraphrase the choice of a rock band name from the 70s, like a Led Zeppelin. It mm-hmm. just, I mean, this was one of the worst, maybe they had a long-term plan to bring them back together or something, but when you have so few examples of gay representation. We don't trust you to take it away and then bring it back. Right. It was a it was a horrific decision. And it very much seemed like erasure because they also did things like there was this gorgeous statue made uh, for the collector market. Mm-hmm. Super expensive. But it showed them intertwined uh, romantically. And the description of it was altered from its original listing to the final listing when it was put on sale to refer to them explicitly as non-sexual friends. Oh, God. (laughs) While you're looking at the statue going, I don't intertwine my leg between the legs of my friends like that. The historian said they were very good friends. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They were such good friends. They stayed roommates their whole lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Um... It, and it was ridiculous. So, I mean, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn alone might make Gotham the gayest city in comics. <laughs> now, it, although Harley Quinn is frequently not living in Gotham anymore, she's often in Staten Island, which, you know... Um, she's just off causing chaos wherever she is. Well, you know, it's Staten Island. I don't know if you've ever been to Staten Island, but if she blows up a couple of buildings, no one's likely to notice, really. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, Staten Island uh, is the only place that I can think of off the top of my head where you wear heavy work boots to walk on the beach so you don't get a needle uh, from a junkie in your foot. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I know that might offend some native Staten Islanders who listen to this. All I can say is make sure all your other friends are offended by having them download and listen to this, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you cancel me, by upping my numbers. So, let's talk about some other gay characters. Uh, One that is absolutely canonically gay, Batwoman. And, unfortunately, the TV show has been marred by some complications, including the original actress leaving with accusations of on-set safety being horrible and treatment of the cast being atrocious. Uh, This Catwoman... Is not the original. I said Catwoman. This Batwoman is not the original version of the Batwoman character. Uh, Batwoman was actually introduced, uh, ironically, here, uh, back in 56, 1956. Basically, because this was in the aftermath of Frederick Wortham's Seduction of the Innocent, and they wanted to introduce a female love interest for Batman to make it very clear he wasn't gay. So they introduced Caddy Kane, this Gotham socialite who made herself into Batwoman to, gosh darn it, partner with Batman. And, um, and, and many sort of forward continuities of the time, when they'd show the future or something, they would show she and Bruce Wayne married with you know, little batlings running around and stuff. But you fast forward to the character being reinvented in uh, uh, much, you know, in the 2000s. And I should note, note uh, Frederick Wortham published Seduction of the Innocent in 1954. So 
she being introduced as a socialite, romantic interest for Batman in 56, not very surprising. However, the modern Catherine Kane is very different. She is a U.S. military uh, uh, member, at least until she got removed from the military for being gay uh, during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era when she refused to lie about being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, she is not a pampered socialite, but a strong independent character whose Marine Corps uh, boot camp training father uh, probably won't win any Dad of the Year awards, uh, but certainly helps her keep a sharp edge. And she's become an icon for gay characters and gay comic book readers. Uh, Mostly by being written as a superhero character who happens to be lesbian, happens to have romantic problems in her life, um, with just good story writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, shocking! You can have gay characters that are popular if you give them good writers. Mm -hmm. I mean... (laughs) Instead of just publishing as, they're gay, so you're gonna like them. And this really shocks some people. Non-gay readers will frequently read gay character stories if the stories are good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Shocker. But wait, we're not at the end of the canonically LGBT uh, members. Now, uh, I, I should note, actually, that canonically, uh, Harley Quinn is bi, not lesbian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never really been clear about Pamela Ivy. Um... I, in my interpretation of Pamela Ivy, she's pan. Mm. She doesn't have a concept of gender in her mind that she's attracted to. She either just is attracted to you or isn't. Mm. That's the vibe I get from her the writing of that character. Mm. That she's connected to the green in a way where human gender constructs just don't matter that much to her. Mm-hmm. Which to me would most closely translate to pan. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Harley Quinn has continued to show attraction to the Joker, even if she's not willing to go down that shit slide again. Mm-hmm. Which, by shit slide, folks, I mean physical and emotional abuse. Um, but, other canonically not straight character, Catwoman. Now, Catwoman was introduced in 1940 as The Cat. The cat? And, right, she was just called the cat when she was first introduced. Oh, really? Yep. And for many years, she, people kind of had a vibe, especially when the artists started putting her in kind of S&M themed leather outfits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started kind of going, maybe she's not as straight as a tent pole after all. Maybe there's a little curving in here somewhere. And by by 2015, she was officially confirmed as bisexual um, when she made out with another female character and had a relationship. Now, since then, they've not made her lesbian. Uh, She's had ongoing romantic relationships with Bruce Wayne. There was a famous storyline where they almost got married and they came up with a gorgeous wedding dress for her and all these other things. But she is canonically bisexual. Um, shockingly, there has been extremely little poor taste 
jo uh, art jokes about Catwoman and biology parts. I'm shocked. I don't know what to say. N now somebody's going to start sending those to me on Twitter, I'm sure. Um, it's at Prof Hamby, folks. Um, <laughs> but another... It, and it only took her 75 years to come out of the closet. Yeah. But there... There are people in their 90s who never came out of the closet, so it's still not a record. Mm -hmm. Our last canonically gay, or at least not straight, is, depending on how you count them, the third or fourth Robin, Tim Drake. And this just was last year. They have shown him dating women before, or at least other teenage girls. And in August of 21, they published a story where he accepted a date from a boy and is clearly bi, uh, it, it, assuming he has not decided to completely switch teams. So, And people were freaked out about that. Because they always are. Now, there is one more that mm, people probably haven't heard of as much, and not one of the good guys or an anti-hero this time, because I do think Catwoman fits in that sort of anti-heroine uh, role. And it is Catman. Now, Catman is a more obscure Batman villain. You're looking at me like I'm smoking crack <laughs> in here. There is no crack pipe, and this is a real thing. Hold on. I've got I've got a search engine here. The hell? You've never heard of Catman. No. This is Catman. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> and for many years, he was considered kind of a joke character. In fact, here he is in an old Detective Comics issue with Batwoman. Uh, and he was certainly one of... You know, he was not invented in the era when Batman was super original. They were churning out stories for kids with stupid shticks, um, and recycling ideas as much as possible. And he was pretty much a joke character uh, for many, many years until Gail Simone got a hold of him for uh, uh, her writing and kind of made him into a badass and confirmed that he was bi back in 2015, same year that Catwoman came out. So... I do want to mention one more character who arguably some people would say is not a Gotham character, but I believe is. And that is the second version of the question, Renee Montoya. Now, Renee Montoya no longer lives in Gotham. In fact, she lives in Atlanta, last I saw in the comics. And she was a Gotham City Police Department uh, officer romantically involved with Jim Gordon at one time. Oh, wow. And then later decided she was lesbian, ended up in a relationship with Catherine Kane, and is the question. So I still think with her Gotham origins, she counts. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, how many is that there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, that's eight canonically Gotham not-straight characters. That pretty much beats everyone else, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll throw out some others that, you know, I, I think we should, with a little bit of nudge-nudge-wink-wink wink humor, evaluate, could they be not straight? The first 
is a character called the Red Hood. Now, the Red Hood was originally introduced long ago as a character that was a possible origin story for the Joker. And we mentioned it briefly in our Batman versus Joker episode. Oh, yeah, you did. But And we talked about Jason Todd in that episode, mm-hmm. who was the murdered Robin. Later in the comics, he was resurrected and became a very you know, violent vigilante known as the Red Hood. Of course, because no one stays dead in comics. And this is some of the art there. And in later iterations, he added a sort of red bat symbol almost onto his clothing to represent that he's a member of the bat family. But he's just so goddamn edgy that he has to wear, like, a beat-up leather jacket over it. Because he, the, he can go stand on the buildings moping next well, to Batman. Jason others. Todd was introduced in the 90s. I'm just glad he's not wearing a damn bandolero of bat <laughs> dildos or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> not need that but he form. does have a bunch of pouches around <laughs> his uh, belt, uh, giving more 90s callbacks. Uh-huh. Um, now, he has slept with Starfire, which uh, was longtime, you know, uh, uh, snuggle bunnies with Nightwing. Uh, so he, he's not gay. But he just does strike me as that kind of emo boy that likes hanging out in both bathrooms, if you know what I mean. You know? What are you thinking? I'm sorry, I'm still getting over the mental image over here, leave me alone. Of what? I'm still getting over that mental image of the bandolero. He's <laughs> <laughs> the 90s man. not need that mental image. Well, you got it. So, the Red Hood, I'm putting in the, you know, maybe power bottom category. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, like, the more that he pushes about how tough and badass he is, the more I'm like, you're not the one on top in the leather chaps. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, after that, we have the person that, the Red, that Jason Todd loves to hate, Dick Grayson... Nightwing. Now, Nightwing is famous among female Twitter comic book fans because he may be the only character... His ass has probably been drawn more explicitly than any other character in comics, including Superman. Uh, I, I think that if they ever had like a Hollywood walk of fame for comic book characters, he'd get his hands, his feet, and his ass cheeks done. Um, just saying, you know, Batman, they put a ton of time into showing all of his pectoral muscles. Nightwing, that ass, (laughs) dad ass. Um, and he's the quintessential good guy. He's a nice guy. He's the guy that grew up with the trauma like Batman did, but it didn't turn him dark and brooding the way it did Batman. But he is physically superb. He is a natural acrobat. He grew up in an acrobatic family. He has a very keen mind. Uh, In fact, he's probably, they have said in the comics, the best detective on Earth, except for Batman himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And in many iterations of DC's future, either as Batman or as a different character, uh, takes over the Justice League. Uh, in a leadership role. Uh, and by the way, random trivia, 
The term Nightwing as the character Nightwing actually comes from an alias of Batman back from an old Golden Age story when he's in the bottled city of Kandor with Superman and needs an alternate identity from Batman and calls himself Nightwing. Really? Yep. A little bit of obscure trivia there. That's cool. And that was recycled for Dick Grayson when he wanted to leave behind the identity of Robin. Now, Dick Grayson is also the James T. Kirk of the DC Universe. Um, it's got tits, it's got legs, and it's got somewhere that he's biologically compatible with, you know, incompatible DNA doesn't matter. He's already covered the bases. It's just true. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he has the charm to pull it off too. And he's not a jerk about it. He's just like, Hey, it's nice to meet you. And then suddenly they're in the bedroom, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm just imagining artists get the script and it's like, okay, he says hello to Alien Princess, and then I'm supposed to draw them waking up the next morning with the sheets pulled over him. Okay, well. <laughs> so, I mean, he is the James T. Kirk of the DC Universe. Um, but what I've always kind of loved about him is that he does it while being a nice guy. He's not a jerk about it. You know, he's kind of like, hey, you know, you want to hook up? No. Okay, well, we can still be friends. You mean like that weird, you're waiting for something to happen and swoop in, friend? No. I, I get plenty of ass. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I can, we can be just friends. And then he's a genuinely good friend. You know, like he treats, like he gets laid a lot because he treats people like people. <laughs> oh, such a big escort. Um, which, which is... Shockingly rare in comics, actually, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I I've seen comic writers talk about this bizarre thing where it's like, I am Superman. I can move planets. I have defeated galactic armadas. I have done everything. Here's a cute girl who wants to talk to you. Um, uh, 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 I'm gonna go hide in my fortress of solitude. <laughs> um, you know... Adult relationships come up and suddenly they fall apart. And part of this is the classic when comics are written for kids, their power fantasies involve being these great superheroes and rich and inventors and all this stuff. But kids don't know how to handle these emotional issues. And so that doesn't factor into their power fantasies. Mm -hmm. um, of course, a lot of comics aren't written for kids anymore. Mm -hmm. But by the end of all this, I, I just think with the amount of attention that's been paid to Dick Grayson's romantic life, which is to say a lot, and he is literally hooked up, not only with aliens, but with every type of human woman imaginable, I would think that if he were bi, it would have come up at some point. Mm. And he's had writers who were not afraid to bring things up. So I, th I think we have to take him off the list. Mm -hmm. At least until somebody writes it. And he joins the village people for a mystery. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, next up, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Ba, ba, ba. Now, I mean, she's a redheaded librarian. My instinct is I think she should buy, be by. But to my knowledge, they've never written her that way. Mm -hmm. uh, she's also a longtime romantic interest of Nightwing. Um, which I'm not real thrilled with how they've treated Barbara Gordon's character over the years. As Batgirl, Oracle, back to Batgirl. We'll do an episode talking about that at some point in the future. Oh, he has feelings. Yeah. I've heard them. They're strong. Yes, I do have feelings about this. 
and they've never depicted her as, you know, uh, uh, anything but straight. Mm-hmm. But she's a redheaded librarian. She lives in Gotham. I mean, surely she's visited the candy store once or twice, if you know what I mean. I mean, um, okay, next up. Uh, we'll just leave that with that, right? So our next up is Dr. Kirk Langstrom. We have a lot of doctor. If you've ever noticed, like, Batman villains almost all have PhDs. You know, for Gotham being portrayed as a really poor city, why does everyone have expensive degrees? I mean, not just uh, uh, Pamela Ivy and Harley Quinn, but, you know... Uh, Mr. Freeze, the Scarecrow, we could go on and on and on. And why do they always end up wanting to kill people? Do we need to talk about Gotham, the doctorate schools? What are they doing in there? It's rough, and all I have to say for that is, um, look at our physics department. We don't talk about that. Yeah, I think that's the entirety of Gotham U. Just saying. So, man back, Kirk Langstrom, he's a scientist who decides it's a good idea to experiment with bat DNA and inject it himself. As one does. Right. Now, he goes mindless for a while. Uh, Batman helps him stabilize. And then he becomes a hero, helping Batman. As this half-man, half-bat shape. Over the years, a lot has been done with this, of course, using uh, classic themes from werewolf stories and that kind of thing. Um with periods of him essentially being a villain or a monster or a hero and back and forth and back and forth and back again. He canonically is married and has children. But he has spent a lot of his life in this like weird bat form. Mm-hmm. Now, I just, I don't know what to think of this. What would this do with your, out? I mean, I'm just imagining that if you spend a bunch of your life in this sort of mutated form, at some point, you know... You may just look at anything and go, eh, what the hell? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like being pan, not out of attraction, but becoming pan out of apathy. Is that a thing? Apathetic pan? Like, I just don't care. Whatever. I've met them, yes. <laughs> okay. So we're going with man bat, apathetic pan. So our next up is Alfred Pennyworth. Now, Alfred is British, which means he's sexually repressed. Um, I have a couple of listeners who I know ears will perk up at that comment. Um, <laughs> uh, his family background has varied a lot over the decades in representation in the comics, but one fairly constant fact is that he's been an actor. Really? And that he now has no family. Yes, that's where he learned. Batman learned his makeup and acting skills from Alfred because he used to be a stage actor. Oh. And in many representations of his background, he did not want to be a butler. But his father had been the butler for the Wayne family. And he left his career acting to take over for his father when he passed, when he started to go sick and couldn't perform anymore. And before that, he had been a special agent of Her Majesty's Intelligence Services. Okay, those are three very different careers. Right. 
Okay. Uh, a military branch, which is where he learned field dressing and all that, which he uses to patch Bruce Wayne up regularly. Alfred for the next Bond, please. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's a, my understanding, a Pennyworth, a show called Pennyworth, I think, mm-hmm. that basically follows those themes. Um, and I know in the show Gotham, which represented Bruce Wayne as a child, I only saw one or two episodes of, um, but Sean Pertwee played Alfred and really played up that line. Sean mm. Pertwee's an amazing actor. I think he's phenomenal. Um, but the show itself didn't interest me. He was great, though. Uh, but he was an actor. So, I mean, that kind of automatically at least makes you honorary by, right? <laughs> I mean, cast parties, slow gin passed around. You wake up and go, well, that virginity's gone. Um, right? What parties do you think I go to? You're in college, I don't know. I assume the same kind of parties I went to in college. <laughs> Not that it ever happened. Um, <laughs> Pauline says, folks, Miskatonic dorms hold more than eldritch horrors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you say? Sure. <laughs> And then our last one, the Joker. Now, there have been a lot of iterations of the Joker, but you just can't imagine somebody that embodies chaos itself is going to particularly care. Yeah. So the question is, is he pan or or a sexual? I mean, he had Harley Quinn, but that may have been romantic, not Mm -hmm. sexual. I, th- I think if maybe I th- that's why she broke up. She wasn't getting any in addition to everything else. Would she want to with that face? I mean, I wouldn't. She's <laughs> fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm gonna go with A. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. with A. Whatever chemicals bleached his skin also left him like a Ken doll down there. <laughs> it's just a smooth field. <laughs> All right. And on that image that none of you wanted, (laughs) we're out. I've already had so many mental images I didn't need. And you're welcome. Keep reading comics. Bye.